Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. Desi, we are continuing where you left off last Ooh. week. With rumors, nastiness. <laughs> I love it. Conspiracy theories. I want to hear them. I'm dying to know. This is going to be the kind of episode that we can jump back into at any time with way more because there's just so many out there. I know. It was Well, I told you when I was looking, it was really hard to not go down every rabbit hole, but I just kind of picked a few and I was like, okay. Yeah. Because I, I, like, there was this whole, all these Stanley Kubrick ones and I was like, I'm just going to do a whole Stanley Kubrick show maybe or something like, because there were so many, like yeah, you could I, almost just do one person's no, theories. I, I didn't even get into the moon landing being fake yeah. <laughs> because that's like such a big one with Stanley Kubrick. Well, that one and then there's other ones that he, someone killed him because of Eyes Wide Shut. That got tied to Epstein. Wait, what? Yes. Okay, we need so to... So we'll do like a Stanley Kubrick. We just need a whole Stanley Kubrick episode. No, that's why I cut him out of my show last week because I was like, oh, that's he's got enough of his own. He's got stuff. Yeah, he's... Yeah, for sure. Have you heard... This is a on-topic on current conspiracy theory happening that, that's really funny to me. So I don't follow too much of the royal family stuff. Okay. But <laughs> but I, apparently Kate Middleton hasn't been seen for like two months. No, I will say I also don't really care about the royal family. But I'm like, okay, they finally got me interested. <laughs> I'm, finally, I'm, finally, I'm finally interested because this is like Shelley Miscavige yeah. level. And there's all this other weird shady stuff going on with William like dropping out of things. Yeah. I just need to know what's going on. Here's what finally got me interested today is somebody on Twitter posted, like they Googled how long does it take to recover from a BBL? And it said like <laughs> two to three months. So they're like, yeah, Kate Middleton obviously got a BBL and she's recovering from it. That's pretty funny because that would <laughs> never happen. <laughs> Can you imagine? I know, but the Queen of England or whatever she is, the, the future of- Queen of England, yeah. getting a BBL. I love that. Honestly, though. that's the world I want to live in. Where like <laughs> the Queen of England is getting all of this like Real Housewives level plastic surgery, yeah. like kind of unnecessary things, like a BBL, like yeah, that was. It's kind of like hilarious. No, that somebody then posted like some video of some white girl riding on a horse and she has a giant ass and they're like, they caption it with like Kate Middleton riding into Buckingham Palace. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) see, this is where the internet really shines. Why can't it just be this? Why can't it just be that kind of conspiracy? Like that's truly what it's made for. Yeah. And today is a continuation of fun conspiracies. Okay. We need it. Now, Our first conspiracy theory has to do with Stephen King, who I love and I've pretty much been a lifelong fan of. Me too. 
But there is a man named Steve Lightfoot who for decades has promoted a conspiracy theory that Stephen King killed John Lennon. What? Yes. Steve Lightfoot, what are you doing? (laughs) This guy is so convinced he killed John Lennon that he, since at least the 90s, has driven around the country in a van that has... Like sticker, huge stickers. Right. He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys with the vans that are decorated with weird shit on it. And all of it is like Stephen King killed John Lennon. Go to my website, oh, the website, it's called lennonmurdertruth.com. And it's like blue and white with the American flag, like blinking GIF. <laughs> it's like one of those websites from like a hundred years ago. <laughs> it's exactly that because I went to the website. That's like such an early day website. No, his website, it has like a black background and like yellow letters. Right. So it's like, that's like not fun to read. Because he's had it since 1998. 100%. And he's done nothing to upgrade. Yeah. He didn't get a blog spot. He never, yeah, he didn't have a <laughs> blog spot phase. He probably doesn't have an Instagram. He's still using this same GeoCities website. Yeah. I know exactly what it looks like. So it appears over the years that he's had several different vans <gasps> that have acted as, as this mobile billboard. So like he's upgraded his vans. Yeah. Well, like, that you got to do. Yeah. He's he, doing a lot of miles. He, he does a <laughs> lot of miles promoting this. And like I said before, these vans, they advertise his website, LennonMurderTruth.com. Ooh. And the site details his theory, which according to him, is that the murder of John Lennon was a government cover-up orchestrated by Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan to silence the anti-war John Lennon. Ooh. He believes the politicians hired a young Stephen King to carry out the assassination. He was a, a struggling writer, and he needed some extra money. Which is crazy because by 1980... Yeah, he was already had, like, Carrie was out, right? The Shining. Yeah, The Shining. I mean... Yeah, those are big books. And some other books that he had already written that were popular that I'm going to mention in a minute. So his evidence comes in the form of old newspaper clippings from around the time that John Lennon was (sighs) murdered. He believes that... These clippings are embedded with secret codes. Like he he does that thing where they like circle one word and yeah. then another word and they're like, see, look what it says if you put King all those. King killed John. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like four different articles and very common words. Yeah. No, that's like exactly it. He also um, wrote an entire book about Ooh. this theory. Damn, I love it. He's so dedicated. This is his whole deal. This is his life's work. Yeah. He also compares photos on his website of Stephen King and Mark David Chapman. Mark David Chapman, of course, is the guy who actually murdered John Lennon. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, look at these two guys. They both have glasses. And longish hair. And yeah, and like a shaggy brown hair. And they're kind of chubby in the face. I mean, Stephen King has a very distinct look. And he always has. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's very recognizable. Yeah, and his hair's his hair is dark brown. It's not even shaggy, light, you know, medium brown like I think um, Mark David Chapman's is. I think they both have like medium brown hair. Oh, they do. I always picture Stephen King's hair is so dark. 
but I maybe I'm wrong. Um, maybe in like older pictures. Yeah. But Stephen King, you're right. You look at him. I mean, he makes cameos in his movies all the time. You're like, oh, it's Stephen King. He's the cashier. Look, if we know what a writer looks like, he's very distinct. He's so distinct. (laughs) So, But he thinks that they look similar. But of course, his evidence is like two photographs of them where it's like kind of blurry. Right. And they're both wearing glasses that were probably popular style at the time. I'm probably also kind of conflating him with um, the guy who shot Reagan. Right. Because they it was kind of like, they have a similar type, but you're right. Mark David Chapman does have a darker brown hair. Yeah. Um, he also shows a photograph on his website of Mark David Chapman getting an autograph from John Lennon, which there that... I Why mean, would he shoot him if he's getting his autograph? Well, he's like, that's actually Stephen King. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he doesn't even think... Sorry. He doesn't even think that's... like I don't know what he thinks that Mark David Chapman doesn't exist. Why did they frame exist? Mark David Chapman for this? Yeah. Like, why him? That poor guy. What do he do? <laughs> why, and why, if this was a government conspiracy theory, like, why does Stephen King have to be involved? Why couldn't the conspiracy theory be like... Oh, Mark David Chapman, they hired him to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, why does it have to be Stephen King? Like, why not just get a nobody like they have done in the past, right? With like Lee Harvey Oswald and all those other people who didn't really do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to Lightfoot, Stephen King has left a variety of clues in his books. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Which is crazy. Well, and he's written a lot of books, too. So something's <laughs> bound to come up, right? Oh, look, there's a Beatles song, like whatever. Like. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> some of, he has evidence like that. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, of course, Stephen King likes the Beatles. He's literally a boomer. He's I mean, a fucking boomer. <laughs> also, the Beatles are pretty popular. <laughs> like, of course, they're going to be in... Stephen King also does like a lot of... Um, you know, retro scenes where it's like a throwback scene or flashbacks or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. So he cites the books Salem's Lot and The Dead Zone, both books that were actually written before the murder of John Lennon. But he cites those two books among the examples of clues hidden in his writing. Ooh. So maybe he thinks that, oh, this was like a warning. Right. He's like, I'm going to... Go to the dead zone. I'm going to put John Lennon in the dead zone. (laughs) You know who's going to go to the dead zone? John Lennon. (laughs) He also cites a 1983 interview that Stephen King did with Playboy. The so-called confessions from the interview are merely Stephen King's musings about his self-destructive nature and his love of rock music. Put those two together. You got a murder of a Beatle. Like this guy was self destructive. He admitted it. This is crazy. In 1994, then 40 year old Steve Lightfoot showed up at a Santa Cruz, California bookstore where King was doing a reading. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Him. Oh, no. <laughs> he traveled across the country. His fucking van. <laughs> His van. He held up a sign that read Steve. <laughs> He held up a sign that read, Stephen King is a murderer. It's true, or he'd sue. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a point. I love that your sign doesn't just say Stephen King is a murderer, but you have to add, like, 
Like, like someone sees the sign and goes, no, he isn't. And he's like, it's true. <laughs> Why isn't he suing? Like, I love the reply. <laughs> he's already like, I got you. He's like, I got your arguments. I have answers for them. <laughs> he was arrested. I mean, he was arre- the government works for Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually not the first time that Lightfoot had shown up to harass Stephen King at one of his like book tour stops. He had done this multiple times. Right. Stephen King said at the time, Steve Lightfoot has been a stone in my shoe for a lot of years. So Stephen King is very aware of this guy. I mean, he's got to be, right? He's so obsessed with him. I think it's one of those things probably where it started off kind of stupidly amusing and then it got annoying real quick. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's like, it's not funny anymore. Like, leave me alone. Well, in 1993, Steve Lightfoot made the news again. This was actually before the arrest. He made the news when he rolled up in his van at a vigil for River Phoenix outside of the Viper Room. (gasps) And he was just there to tell anyone who would listen that the government probably killed River Phoenix. Whoa. And people were like, get the fuck out of here. Wait, was he already in California? (laughs) Drive really far. I don't got to get there while the press is there. I don't know where this guy lives. I've like, I was reading stuff about him. Like, people have seen his van in Florida, they've seen his van in San Diego. So maybe he just gets around. Yeah, that's crazy. I just picture him hightailing it to Hollywood. Like, as soon as the news breaks, yeah. he's got to, he's got to be the most annoying person at the vigil. Ugh. What a drag. This guy sucks. And he's still going. Like, I did go to his website. Yeah, you. he saw that little... You know those websites, they always have that little ticker? The counter. <laughs> the counter. He was so excited. <laughs> and he's going he's to get a lot of traffic now after this oh, podcast. Oh, he's going to get like 15 views at He least. should promote the pod on his website. What if he does? And what if he's mad at us? What if he follows us in his van? <laughs> he goes to our live shows. <laughs> <laughs> And he holds up signs that we we murdered, uh, who else? Buddy Holly. I'll put him up on stage with us and interview him. I would love to interview this guy. Me too. What oh a God. nut. Yeah. You'd have to keep him in line because he's probably going to ramble on. I wonder if he'd get mad at us though, like if he could sense that we knew he was like full of shit. What if he called us dumb bitches and I'm, we could use that as our ringtones? <laughs> I would make that uh, the intro music to the show. Yeah. That's the dream. We'd finally have intro music. To have someone call us dumb bitches and mean it. And we'd be like, you don't know, but we love it. Yeah. That actually makes us horny. Yeah. Not from you, though. Uh, (laughs) Our next story is a conspiracy theory or a rumor. Or actually, this is an urban legend. We got some urban legends in here. Yeah, there's a lot of those too. This is an urban legend I was obsessed with as a kid. Mm. And I'm sure you know it too. I bet. And that is the urban legend about the 1975 song Love Roller Coaster. I don't know it. Okay. Well, this song is by the Ohio Players and has been the subject of a very creepy, enduring legend pretty (gasps) much since the song came out. I do know the song, but I don't know the legend. Unless I hear it and we're like, oh... But. It's it's a good song. Okay, yeah, the it's song a, is amazing. We all love the song. 
In the song, a high-pitched scream can be heard. Oh. Now, the story that I heard on the playground as a kid was that this scream came from the sound of somebody being murdered in the recording studio. Oh, my God. So, like, every time I ever heard that song as a kid, even though I liked the song a lot, there would be that sense of dread. You guys were talking about that on the playground? What's going on up in Marin? Yeah, it was. It's a very Marin. I mean, and this was in the nineties too. Yeah, it's not like it was a popular song of the day. You know why? Probably the song had a resurgence was because the Red Hot Chili Peppers covered it. Oh, okay. So I think, that's, or it was in a film, maybe, or something. Yeah, because yeah. like the seventies became really popular yes, again. That's just funny. Um, but I, I was like so freaked out by this, even though I really liked the song. Now, the details of this urban legend vary. One version says that the scream came from the model who is on the band's album cover. The album is titled Honey, and it features Playboy model Esther Cordette drizzling honey into her mouth. In another photo for the album, Esther is shown completely drenched in the honey. It's a very hot photo shoot. That's hot. It's really hot. Now, the legend says that Esther was burned so severely by this fake plastic honey that was used for the photo shoot that it fused to her skin. And that's what she, she was screaming? They did the photo shoot while they recorded the song? <laughs> well, one version of the legend says that the screams for the photo shoot were used in the songs. Oh. But another version says that Esther, after she was severely injured, showed up at the studio while the band was recording and demanded compensation for her injuries. She was then said to have been stabbed to death by the band's manager, her screams captured in the recording of the song. Damn, this girl went through it. Now that, <laughs> now that that's obviously not true because this woman is still alive. Right, and not scalded by honey. And not scalded by hot honey. Other variations of the legend say that it was a cleaning woman at the studio who was murdered. Another version says that the scream was taken from a recording of a real 911 call. But none of these rumors are true, Desi. Well, it's probably just like a Wilhelm scream or something, right? It's not, and I'll tell you what it is. Because the drummer of the Ohio players, Jimmy Diamond Williams, explained, quote, There is a part in the song where there's a breakdown. It's guitars, and it's right before the second verse, and Billy Beck does one of those inhaling-type screeches like Minnie Ripperton did to reach her high note, or Mariah Carey does to go octaves above. The DJ made this crack, and it swept the country. People were asking us, Did you kill this chick in the studio? The band took a vow of silence because that makes you sell more records. So they knew about the rumor. And they just let it go. They just let it go to have this lore attached to the song. I'm trying to think of that scream. I can't remember. I mean, I've probably heard that song a million times. Yeah. Um, In a 2003 interview with the Massachusetts newspaper South Coast Today, Williams said that a radio DJ in Berkeley was responsible for starting this urban legend. He said, quote, he had a little jive thing he was saying on the radio where you call it where you call in if you know where someone was getting stabbed in the song. What? What was going through his head? They got some good weed in California. Mm. That may have had something to do with it. True. But yeah, that's crazy. So like this originated from some Berkeley DJ being like, hey, just literally blurting out. So he's just goofing. 
He was goofing off and people took it seriously. And then it spread across the world. We love an urban legend, don't we? Yeah, because urban legends are the original viral stories. They're so good because they create this like terror. Like people like to be a little scared. (laughs) They do like to be a little scared. And I don't know if we have urban legends anymore because of the internet. Well, I mean, there we were have, some, I think, because I almost covered them, but maybe in, at some point from the early 2000s, like, but they're kind of weirder. They're weirder. Okay. You know, we have a lot of misinformation today, but I don't know if I classify that as an urban legend. However, I did find a more recent urban legend involving Taylor Swift and Harry Styles oh. that I didn't write down in my notes, but I can just give you like a brief a brief backstory. This this urban legend surfaced in 2012 on somebody's Tumblr page. And it Tumblr? Said, and it, yeah, that's how it started. And it says, how Harry Styles and Taylor Swift murdered someone. Oh. And have been leaving us hints ever since. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. This is really crazy. I'm trying to find the name of this person. It's Gagaga321. Oh. Mm. Um. Background. In December 2012, an 18-year-old Harry Styles and a 23-year-old Taylor Swift, ship name Haler, went on a a ski trip to Utah where a snowmobile incident occurred. Nobody knows the details of what happened except for what was revealed to the public. Harry apparently needed 20 stitches, whereas Taylor said that she was not as hurt. When asked why no one figured out about the accident, Taylor said this. You know what I found works better than an NDA? Looking someone in the eye and saying, please don't tell anyone about this. People think they know the whole narrative of my life. I think maybe that line is there to remind people that there are really big things they don't know about. She said that? I don't know if she <laughs> said that. <laughs> I'm just reading I'm just reading an imger of this person's Tumblr post. Okay, but did they really get into a snowmobile accident? Yes, I okay. think they did. So they did. So it has a basis in truth. It has a basis in truth, but basically, um, I'm not going to go into this whole thing, but she goes, or whoever posted this, goes through multiple Taylor Swift songs, including Welcome to New York, Style, I Know Places, Sign of the Time. I don't know. Some of these are Harry Styles songs. Okay. But like he, she goes through several of their songs being like, look, here's the evidence. Why would you murder someone and then be like, let's drop some hints. <laughs> let's drop some hints in our because we're truly bad people. Right? Like no, that's always like the funniest part about these conspiracies is that they think the person who did this horrible thing would also be like, let's make it a fun game. <laughs> yeah, because it's like if that happened, they'd probably be devastated and horrified by what happened and want it to never come out. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you would never be like, you know what? I'm going to put in watermelon sugar, <laughs> a little Easter egg <laughs> about the time we killed someone on a snowmobile. It's so like, crazy. it's just so, I was like, that's a truly, that's beyond evil. Like, <laughs> no, that's like a jigsaw. No, that is crazy to think someone would do that. Like, it's so crazy. Um, I don't get into it much, but the one I was thinking of, Covering maybe we will at some point we would do dumb ones from the nineties and like two thousands was the Avril Lavigne one. Oh God, the replacement yeah. theory. <laughs> I feel like those are 
there's so many more modern urban legends that are about like clones. Clones or there has been a ton of like death um like rumors where there's been like incidents where like did that person die and then we'll find out it's not true. But for like an hour people think it's true. Like there's several why do they think it's true? Like someone Could you just, just see it someone say, "Oh, um whatever, Wesley Snipes died." Yeah. And then you'll see the Snopes article or whatever. Like there's like a ton of people that's happened to, and it's always someone random. Right. Where you're like, oh, you know, Russell Crowe died. Or like whatever. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. some person who's not in the news or like whatever. And it's like out of nowhere. And like who started that and why? And why would you do it? Why would you do that? That's that's my thing. That's my question on the internet all the time. Why did you do like, that? Like what satisfaction did that bring you? Because you never really get credit for something like that. It's truly just some dork sitting in the dark being like, oh, look, look what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> like I got one little strike of dopamine yeah, and that's it. Now I'm back to bored. Yeah. Like I don't know what people are doing that for. I really, I have no idea where that comes from. Not It's it's not for me. No, it's no. Not it's me. not how I have fun. I don't. I have fun reporting these things though. Absolutely. Anyway. And I like reading I like reading them. Oh, I love reading about them, especially if they're really stupid. Well, we always say this. Yeah. I want this to be the what conspiracy theories are, not ones that lead to death and like destruction. Yeah, we we these are the fun kinds of low stakes conspiracy theories. Where no one's theories. truly hurt except for Stephen King. He gets, yeah, that's annoying. He gets harassed. But I, I mean, don't think he's getting harassed by this guy anymore, hopefully. Cuz he's probably in his 70s now. Steve Lightfoot or whatever his name is. What a loser. I just like, what a sad use of life. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like one thing to do it for a year. <laughs> Even that's but crazy. But this is going on like 40 years that he's doing this. I like, once you have a website, that's where it's like, come on. You just like, maybe you just have your fun little story. Like, here's what I've always thought. And you tell it when you get drunk. And it's your thing. It's your thing, but you don't actually do anything about it. Right. That's where it's crazy. When you have a van, and a book. you're in trouble. He wrote a book. Yeah. Book, van. Website. Website is too much. That's like someone who is not fucking. Yeah. Who's fucking the guy with the Stephen King ch- killed John Lennon van? That guy does not have a wife. No. There's no way. There's no There's way. There's no way anyone would put up with this. <laughs> There's uh, no way. Can you imagine? It's so crazy. Or she left him like 30 years ago because of this. Like, Because you know what? He was probably always a, a offbeat, quirky guy. And she gets married to him thinking like, this will be fun. Yeah. He, he's fun. He has fun. And then... Suddenly, it's 1991, and he cannot stop talking about how Stephen King killed John Lennon. Then he buys a van. She's like, "What did you do to our van?" Yeah, you, that was supposed to be for our kids. <laughs> she had to like, drive to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> in that van. Yeah. At some point, it just became too much. Yeah, and she's like embarrassed getting into it. The kids don't want her to pick them up from school. Yeah, They're like go down the block. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was your dad? You at school. It's crazy. There's just no way he has anyone in his life. No way. Come on. No, oh no one can stand that. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Derek Jeter. Oh, Okay. One of the great rumors in sports. In 2011, the New York Post reported that Yankees star Derek Jeter sent one night stands home with gift baskets. Love it. You know this one, right? Of course. The Post alleged that this practice was revealed when he slept with the same woman twice and gifted her the same gift basket. And she was like, hey... I'd be happy. I already got this. A source claimed, quote, Derek has girls stay with him at his apartment in New York, and then he gets them a car to take them home the next day. Waiting in his car is a gift basket containing signed Jeter memorabilia, usually a signed baseball. 
This summer, he ended up hooking up with a girl who he had hooked up with once before, but Jeter seemed to have forgotten about the first time and gave her the same identical parting gift, a gift basket with a signed Derek Jeter baseball. Did he have different gifts for the second time? I bet he had the same kind of gifts every time, but this girl thought she wouldn't get a gift basket this time because she'd already gotten one. That's so funny, because why would he know? I mean... I've like heard this rumor for so long that I honestly just assumed it was true because I've heard it so long. And it doesn't seem unreasonable. In fact, it makes him seem like a good guy. It's, it's I want a gift basket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's okay. It's tacky and it's gauche, but if you think about it for like more than two seconds. What about getting no gift basket? <laughs> That's the alternative. alternative. You just do the walk of shame with no fucking gifts. I mean, a Derek Jeter signed baseball is a very valuable item. Yeah. I just think it's a dumb guy trying to be good guy, (laughs) but doing it in a really wrong way. But at least you're going to get some money out of it. I would prefer like a gourmet Dean and DeLuca food basket. (laughs) But maybe that's part of the gift basket. Maybe. And then you also get a baseball. I don't think it's a bad deal. The bad deal is for these girls who think they're going to marry him. Right. Yeah. If I was going to fuck a baseball player knowing that it was going into it being like, yes, this is going to be a one night stand. Right. Which you got to, you got to know. You got to know. Um, cause they only marry their high school sweethearts. They, yeah. It's like Haley and that's it. That's it. <laughs> they, they marry Haley from their hometown they in high school. They always marry their high school sweetheart. It's like you, you're out once you leave high school. <laughs> you haven't already hooked up with a ball plane. <laughs> so I, I, I would, I don't know. I, I might be kind of like, okay. I would definitely I mean, it laugh. Does, it does depend what's in the gift basket too. Because well, I don't want to deal with any crap. Because if it's like a bunch of crap from Home Goods, that's like, come on, you can yeah, afford it's like more. live, laugh, love mugs or something. Yeah, I, I want food or something valuable. I'd want something that I know that, like, he spent a little money on. I just, if it's good gift basket, I would be like, this is definitely <laughs> funny. But I'm happy right now because it's like, yeah, I'm not seeing him again. I mean, it is weirdo behavior. And I would only accept this weirdo behavior from like someone as famous as Derek Jeter. Yeah. Because I think it's funny. I would definitely be laughing my ass off (laughs) when I saw it in the the car. I really would be. Because I was like, this is a story. I got a story now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so in 2022, Derek Jeter, act, he finally addressed these rumors. Yes. Because they remember following him for over 10 years. He did an interview with the Daily Beast and he said, quote, yeah, I read the article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, you know, you see it. And then it's like, how the fuck did people come up with this? <laughs> you know, basically that's it. And who would believe this shit? And you believed it. He continued, I remember being at a Starbucks one time and some random guy behind me says, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm giving out gift baskets because you did. And I turned around and said, you're a fucking idiot. And (laughs) and the look on his face, like, did he think I was going to say, yeah, good job, man? I like that he's mad about it. (laughs) It's like, it doesn't make you look bad. No, because he has a pretty squeaky clean reputation. I guess it was more that he doesn't want to be thought of as having all these one night stands. Yeah, maybe. probably. 
No, I mean, he's obviously a great baseball player, but truly a boring personality. So this is the most interesting thing thing that's ever been said about him. That's why this story was always so funny to me is because he has such a good boy image. Did he, did he date Mariah? Yes. That was like his big famous relationship. Yeah. She wrote songs about him. Yeah. No, I mean, that was like a New York iconic New York couple. Oh my God. Like the king and queen of New York. Right. And then he was dating Minka Kelly. That's right. Right before this story broke. Or like they had broken up right before this story broke. Yeah. He had a few girlfriends, but Mariah was the big one. Mariah's the big one. I wonder, I mean, is he married now? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a Yankees fan. Yeah. But obviously he was huge, a huge baseball star. Oh my God. So, And he was a tabloid star because he did date these famous women. And he was cute too. Yeah. So he was always in the press. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, for sure. Um but he says it never happened. People keep regurgitating the story that never happened. Never happened, he said. Okay. So there you're not if you fuck Derek Jeter, you're not getting a gift basket. Now I'm bummed. Not fucking him. <laughs> I want that gift basket. I'm going to, mid-fuck, I'm going to be like, where's my gift basket? Just see if he gets mad. He's going to throw you off He'll of He'll rage fuck me at that point. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get it. Speaking of fucking, oh, one of the great horror movies, Don't Look Now, yeah, starring Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie, has a very famous sex scene in it. I've seen it. This is, sex scene is crazy. It's probably the first sex scene I've seen where I was like, you could see everything. You, <laughs> I was like, this is like sex. It's crazy and it goes on for so long. And it's like got music. They're like turning each other over. They're taking a little break. No, it's so realistic. <laughs> Like they actually take a little break. Like, ooh, I need to, and then they get back into it. I was like, that's so real. It is one of the craziest sequences I think I've ever seen on film. Just because it's so, I don't know how they managed to capture something that just looks so real, right? And because of that, and it's graphic. It's a very graphic scene. No, there's like, ugh, like <laughs> you're seeing like cum faces. You see like ass cracking. Like yeah. you see Donald Sutherland's hairy asshole. His little fucking, yeah, skinny white ass <laughs> pumping. <laughs> I mean, you see everything in this scene. <laughs> and it's um it's incredible. And the rest of the movie's great too. It's a great movie. But if you need to this is like cinema. This is cinematic history. You have to see this movie. Absolutely. So because of this scene. Many people were like, oh my God, they actually had sex while well, they were Well, and they filming. were like dating or something. They weren't dating. But weren't they having an affair? No. Well, we'll get into who okay. Julie Christie was with. Okay. Because that plays into this. So everybody thought like, oh, they were really having... Like that was the rumor. That this was actually them fucking. They were actually filming two people having sex. Yeah. And in 2000. 11, producer and journalist Peter Bart wrote a memoir called Infamous Players, A Tale of Movies, The Mob, and Sex. And in this memoir, he claimed that he witnessed the sex. He's like, yeah, they did have sex. What's he doing there? (laughs) (laughs) 
(laughs) That sounds like a good book, though. I want to read this book. Yeah. An excerpt from his book says, My gaze shifted to the actors, and I was riveted. By their shifting positions, it was clear to me that they were no longer simply acting. They were fucking on camera. This guy's a perf. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Sutherland was, like, pissed, and he's like, that. he denied. He made, like, a formal statement. Yeah. When this book came out in 2011. He's like, we did not have sex. He said, in fact, Peter Bart wasn't even on set when we shot that scene. It was literally just them, the cinematographer and the director. I bet. Yeah. I mean. That's like normal. Yeah. There's not like a huge crowd. No. And especially the actresses are like, can you like get everyone a fuck out of here? Yeah. You know. Cinematographer Anthony B. Richmond also denied that Sutherland and Christie were having real sex in the scene. Julie Christie also denied it. But apparently Warren Beatty, who was Julie Christie's boyfriend at the time, he was really mad about the sex scene. And according to the screenwriter of the film, Alan Scott, quote, Warren Beatty flew around the world trying to get the film killed and prevent it from being distributed. He's got nerve because he literally fucked everyone. (laughs) Right? He probably (laughs) cheated all the time. But God forbid (laughs) you bang Donald Sutherland. (laughs) I mean, but that's how erotic this scene is. Well, even if there was no penetration, which I guess is what they're counting as having sex... It's as close as you can get. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so you'd still maybe be mad because if your boyfriend or girlfriend, let's say, just did that with another guy for fun and they're yeah. like, we didn't have sex. And then you, you <laughs> they, that's what they did. You you'd see, be mad. See what you'd they did still do. be mad because you're like, that's too far. That's not horsing around. <laughs> it is so graphic. They're naked, too. Like <laughs> They're ass naked. It's a great scene, though. No, because it fits... I mean, I want to say it fits the movie, but it is a little... <laughs> we're actually... Where you're like, wait, what's happening now? And no. then you just go back to the movie. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> it really does take you out, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, it's totally... I know exactly what you mean, where it's like, it makes perfect sense that it's in the movie, but also it doesn't. Because it just happens like <laughs> out of nowhere and it really doesn't have that much to do with the plot. <laughs> no, it's, and then after it happens, you're like, where am I supposed to, what am I supposed to feel right now? <laughs> because, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because after it happens, it's like they just go back to frantically searching Venice for their daughter. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. So maybe now that I'm older and more mature, <laughs> I won't be like, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But when you see it for the first time, it is so shocking. You really can't let go of it after that happens. No, everyone thinks that the shocking part of Don't Look Now is like the final scene, which is very shocking, obviously. But to me, the sex scene is no, also you, needs to be discussed more. When you're the final scene happens, you're still like vibrating <laughs> from what you saw like an hour earlier. Yeah. There's that's a weird movie. I mean, there's a lot of weird things in that movie. There's so many the weird blind. things. It's a beautifully shot movie. It is incredibly acted. It's and, a classic. And it is, in terms, like, it is, if you're a horror fan, it's a it's a must watch. 
And it is, the ending is shocking. It's shocking. I was like, what? Because yeah. <laughs> it, it's like truly one of the only things that can top that sex scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's a great movie. It's a great I movie. I love it. And that's I, why I want to go to Venice from that movie. I was like, I got to go to Venice. Me too. When I saw it, I was like, I need to go here. This I, is my exact vibe of a city. <laughs> no, I got to creep around Venice at night. I do too. We got to go. We that's gotta like where, go. that's my most wanting to visit Italian city. Like I want to go there so bad. Mine's also Florence. I want to go to a lot of cities, but if I only could pick one, mm. it would be Venice. Mm. I have to go there because it has the creep factor. Yeah. It's so, it's wet. <laughs> it just ha- it's got something. It's a wet place. I don't yeah. know. It's just weird. I love it. I love it too. Yeah. We got to go on a gondola. We'll go to both cities. We'll go to a few cities. I'm dying to go. I got to go to Venice. Dying to go. Anyway. Our final story is fucking crazy, and I'm sure you remember this, <laughs> but it has to do with 9-11, and what? trust me, it's funny. Okay. I, I believe it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. Did Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, and Marlon Brando embark on a cross-country road trip to escape New York on the morning of 9-11? Oh, God. I've completely forgot about the story. <laughs> what in the world? Now, now that's a movie. <laughs> that's a movie. Now, this story first surfaced in a 2011 Vanity Fair article by Sam Kashner, which I have to say is fucking crazy that this is where this story first surfaced, is Vanity that, Fair. What? This story was first reported in Vanity Fair. What was the article about it my, was just about this oh okay they were like oh guess what you'll never believe what happened this is a full-on article this is it's like a small a short article. it's a short article and i mean vanity fair is a was it like the 9-11 special <laughs> edition <laughs> no this article was published in like may of 2011 Okay, because sometimes they do like the 10-year anniversary and they have all these big stories about it or something. No, this was just... It's like Rudy Giuliani on the cover and all the 9-11 people, (laughs) like the figures. Right, right, right. So this piece explains that Michael Jackson was in New York in September of 2001, which he was, to perform two shows at Madison Square Garden, one on the 7th and one on the 10th. He invited his longtime friend Elizabeth Taylor and also Marlon Brando to attend. Mm-hmm. According to one version of the story, Michael got a call from a friend in Saudi Arabia <laughs> who, <laughs> who warned him that America was going to be attacked. Oh. And he needed to get out of New York. The problem with this story for me is I can't picture either, any of those three people driving. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't picture any of them having ever driven a car. No. Um, In another version, immediately following the attacks, Michael Jackson scooped up Elizabeth Taylor and Marlon Brando, piled them into a rental car, and fled the city. Come on. Now, during the road trip, Brando was said to have annoyed Jackson and Taylor so much because he insisted on stopping at every single KFC and Burger King that they (laughs) That <laughs> first of all, <laughs> who 
I feel like Elizabeth there. Taylor would be down for some fast food too. A few of them. A hundred percent. Come on. We all know she loved to, she had like a trash side. Yeah. So I think she'd be okay with it. But imagine working at like Taco Bell. <laughs> Those three pull up. And it's the middle of nowhere. That is crazy. I thought you were going to say something like Marlon Brando annoyed them, but because he farted the whole ride, <laughs> he or probably something. did probably that did. too. <laughs> but he wanted to stop at every KFC they saw and Burger King. That's uh, that's obviously <laughs> fat folk. <laughs> <laughs> they, right? Because he was big at that time. Because he was big. So whoever made this rumor up was like... And they had to go to fast foods because of Marlon Brand. <laughs> it's like so... It's, it's so, so mean. Fucked. Um, and yeah, also the article... or One other article at some point that I read was like, well, none of them can answer because they're all dead. I mean, that did make me sad <laughs> thinking that they're all gone. Yeah. Um, the trio apparently made it as far as Ohio. Those people have never been to Ohio. <laughs> Maybe Michael Jackson because he toured. Corey Feldman is in this story. Of course. <laughs> you got to pull him out if there's any Michael Jackson thing. He was in attendance at one of Michael's shows at the Madison Square Garden engagement. And he said that he remembered getting into an argument with Michael in Elizabeth Taylor's dressing room. She had a dressing room for the show? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought you said the shows were on the 7th and the 10th. Yeah, but this is Corey Feldman talking about one of those, like before 9-11 happened. Corey oh, Feldman was, he was at a show, a Michael Jackson show before 9-11, not the Madison Square Garden ones. These are the Madison Square Garden ones that happened on the 7th and the 10th. Oh, right. September 11th. I'm sorry. Jesus. I forgot what the date was. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, so, sorry, sorry. Corey Feldman said he got into an... And he did say this. He's like, yeah, I got into an argument with Michael Jackson in Elizabeth Taylor's dressing room like at the show. And then he, he also said, quote, Elizabeth hadn't arrived yet, and then 9-11 happened. But I'm trying to remember that. Which is the worst tragedy. <laughs> That's a direct quote from him. That's hilarious. Elizabeth hadn't arrived yet, and then 9-11 happened. We know what happened there. But I remember that the next day, Michael was trying to get Elizabeth out. He was at first looking for a private jet. He wanted permission to fly out, but everything was surreal. I didn't go with him. Well, he wasn't invited. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't... You imagine that car? Okay. Mar- like, which one of these things don't belong? <laughs> Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, Marlon Brando, Corey Feldman. <laughs> um, Corey is obviously driving everybody. He's he's the driver. This is crazy. He's wearing his Michael Jackson outfit <laughs> with the fucking gold epaulets or whatever they're called. And his sparkly glove. Truly one of the weirdest Things in pop culture history was Corey Feldman's obsession with Michael Jackson. I know. It's, it's so creepy. It's incredible. A friend and an assistant of Elizabeth Taylor denied the story, saying Elizabeth stayed behind and she, where she went to church to pray, and okay. she went to an armory where people were who couldn't get home or who stayed behind to look for the missing. She also went down to Ground Zero where she met with first responders. Eventually, the airports opened and she flew home. Taylor's close friend Tim Mendelson said that Taylor was in New York with Debbie Reynolds. 
like staying with her friend Debbie Reynolds. That's what happened. A hundred percent. She was in a penthouse with some old Hollywood person. Yeah. Now in 2016, the British anthology series Urban Myths Ooh. cast Joseph Fiennes, Brian Cox, and Dr. Channing to play the trio. What? <laughs> Wait, first of all, we have got to watch this series. I need to see this. This is... I'm shaking. How do I not know about this? Wait a second. Stalker Channing, Rafe Fiennes. No, Joseph Joseph Fiennes. Fiennes. They couldn't get Rafe. Who was Marlon Brando? <laughs> Brian Cox. Oh, Brian Cox. <laughs> okay. It's an anthology series. This called, sounds good. Called Urban Myths. Joseph Fiennes played Michael Jackson. Oh, wait. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I, I wasn't even thinking. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, I've got to see this. Is this like one of those things that's incredible that they've hidden from the world? No. Okay, good. Um, this got pulled because of the outrage. About Joseph Fiennes playing like <laughs> just the whole. I mean, sometimes thing. people just have to have fun <laughs> with something horrible. Like, uh, I mean, it's so it's so the decision is so crazy and so bad that it's almost that it's just like what? But how can you? It's like it's so bad you can't even be mad anymore. <laughs> in my opinion, because it's like, come on, we got to see it though. <laughs> like, you got to see people making a really bad decision. It's incredible. So <laughs> they were going to make an episode of this anthology series of this fabled road trip. Great idea. When images and the trailer for the upcoming show appeared the following year, people were both baffled and outraged at Joseph Fine's portrayal of Michael Jackson. They saw I need to see this. Look, there's still images of him. There's the trailer for the series. I mean, I feel like I have in my head I'm like seeing it. Like well, I must have seen it. This was definitely a story that when it broke, everyone on Twitter was dunking on it. This is, but this is back in 2017, and like that was like a hundred years ago, right? So it's just hard to remember. I'm just going to show you the a picture of Joseph finds. <laughs> You're not going to believe this because they didn't even try. Oh my god. It's like they just stuck a bunch of putty on his nose. It's in it the is, in the wig. And he the, has like like that straightened long hair. It's bad looking. Here's Dr. Channing with a bunch of prosthetics on her face as Elizabeth Taylor. That's pretty good. She looks she kind of looks like her, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. Marlon Brando. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Is it like the island of Dr. Moreau back there? (laughs) They didn't really do much. They really just put Brian Cox back there. It kind of just looks like Brian Cox. I can't find it, but I've I've seen lots of pictures of it. Anyway, Um, Paris Jackson was upset when the trailer came out. That's Michael Jackson's daughter. I mean, that's the least bad thing people were putting out about Michael Jackson (laughs) at that point. (laughs) She said she was incredibly offended. So this, because of that, the episode was pulled before it even premiered. It's funny. Like, it's a crazy casting choice. It's it's crazy that he took it. It is crazy that he took it. And he did, of course, Joseph Fiennes over the years has been like asked about this. And he does 
he did say like in a more recent interview, he regretted taking this. Uh, of course. Um, and then he said in a more contemporary interview, like around the time it came out that he was like, I mean, yeah, I had some reservations about taking the part, but everyone seemed, seemed to think it was a good idea. <laughs> really comical like the whole situation i want like i want a reenactment of this story no <laughs> i want the story of behind the scenes of this yeah of the I choices that were so made crazy to me i need to know every i would read like a thousand page book on this well and also even just brian cox who's like a you know very respected actor serious actor like what what, what are he- any of these people <laughs> doing in this period no it's crazy and i saw- did they have like all famous actors for every segment yes okay this is just crazy to me cuz so- why are they doing this why are any of them in this urban <laughs> legend show <laughs> i don't know but rupert grint Oh, God. Rupert Grint, he's like somebody in it. Okay, I need to see this show. This sounds like my favorite show of all time. <laughs> um, no, I need to watch the show because it's basically all celebrity urban legends. I mean, this sounds so good. One of them was like Cary Grant takes a bunch of LSD. Oh, I mean, this literally is like, as a child growing up, this would have been like my show that I lived for. Me too. Like this was exactly up my alley. Yeah. Um. So I'm just like, dying to watch this i wonder if our uk listeners have seen the show or if this show even had more than one season i I should have 10 seasons it should have several seasons Should still be going we should be consultants on it oh my god i would live but how could we ever beat that cast (laughs) (laughs) whose idea was that that it's just a crazy idea because there's like obviously so many choices you could have made for that role I need to look more into this show. I just, I need to, What's yeah. It's called I, again Urban Myths. That's probably going to pop up a bunch of things. Um, okay, this is crazy. Four seasons, four seasons of this show, Urban Myths. It's a British biographical comedy drama. So okay. there is some drama in it. So the first season. <laughs> You got to tell me some episodes. I'm going to tell you some. So in the first season, the first episode is Bob Dylan knocking on Dave's door. Who's Dave? Eddie Marson is Bob Dylan. Paul Ritter is Dave. I don't know who Dave is. Uh, Waiting for Andre. Adolf Hitler. They have an Adolf Hitler episode. Rupert Grint is in that one. He plays Adolf? No, he doesn't. Oh. <laughs> Someone named Iwan Rehorn, which sounds Irish and I'm probably saying it wrong. Yeah. They have a Muhammad Ali one. And then the... <laughs> Who plays Muhammad Ali? I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> okay. They did not cast a okay, white man. Good. Thank good. God they good. did not cast a white man. Okay. So it seems like that was trying to be funny with Michael Jackson. It's just crazy. I do remember the images coming <laughs> The image is so funny. It's like worth it just for that image, to be honest. Just that image. When you see it, it's so funny. It's I'm crazy. sorry. Because you're like, that doesn't... It's like, it also looks like someone to me, and I, I can't think of it, it now. It doesn't look like Michael Jackson. It looks like someone else. Yeah, it looks like someone else. <laughs> and I can't, I can't put my finger on it yet, but I'll probably think of it after the episode ends. Because when I saw it, I was like, wait, that's... And then I couldn't think of it. Um, oh, my God. We'll watch this show and get back to you and there's probably some good stories in here for our next installment yeah 
So anyway, we'll see you later this week for a mini episode. And that's it. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.